Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Elizabeth Talbot. And I'm Mike Tucker. So, Mike, tell me about your talented brother-in-law. He is extremely talented. He's the head of the choral department at the University of Kansas, so he mm. is a, a really a, a wonderful a genius, musician. Huh? He is a genius. But one of the things he also does is he will put an album together for uh, contemporary Christian music and a variety of other things. But I've listened to him as he would describe to me what this soundtrack is going to sound like. And he mm. lays down just maybe just the, the rhythm track first. And as we're going through the rhythm track, then he says, all right, right here is where the keyboards enter in. And he kind of sings a little bit of that to me, and then the strings come in here. I have no clue what he's talking about. Mm. A little bit later, he's got the strings and the keyboards there, and he says, now here's where the brass comes in. Oh, and he imagines all of it uh, in his head. He I mean, all, he... Yeah, he could hear it all before he could hear it. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, and then finally, when it all comes together, then it all makes sense to me what he had said in the beginning. He knew what it was going to sound like before he started. I had no clue, and even as he was describing it to me, it, it didn't to, really make yeah. sense. So the finished product is what really does it for you. That's exactly it. He could bring all those pieces together and make the puzzle work. You know, it's very interesting that you say that because I have always uh, seen the plan of redemption in the Old Testament as as a symphony that Mm -hmm. um, God is putting together and He's bringing different instruments and different parts of the music, but we don't get the whole music, the whole symphony, until we understand how it comes all together in the birth and the the life and death of Jesus Christ. Then we get it. Then we understand it. It's so difficult to see in advance. In fact, you know, we sometimes make fun of the disciples for not seeing this, but the truth mm-hmm. is, if we had been in their place we with might their, have missed their background, their history, we probably would have missed it as well, because mm-hmm. to see the finished product, when the master musician is the one bringing it all together, mm-hmm. and he's the only one who can really see that, we, we can only trust. Yes, uh, one of the great metaphors of the Old Testament is like a puzzle, that mm-hmm. uh, there are pieces being put together, and we're getting little clues of how this puzzle is developing, but we uh, don't have all of them. We don't understand all of them as uh, God is actually orchestrating the history of redemption and giving Mm -hmm. us little pieces as as the Old Testament goes by. And this week we've been looking at some of those little pieces. We started off with Genesis 3 where he promises that a a Savior is going to be there and that basically this individual is going to crush Satan's head. Yes, and he's going to be the descendant of a woman. So we Mm -hmm. already know of the incarnation. We already understand Christmas from Genesis Mm 3.15 even though they didn't fully understand it then. did not get it then. And I mean, there's many prophecies we only have seen for this week that then Abraham, mm-hmm. uh, God promises that all the nations of the world would be blessed through this, this descendant of his. And he would also be a part of the Davidic line. He would establish a kingdom in the line of David so that his throne would last forever. And then we get this other prophecy that, that Matthew um, actually says that it relates to Christ of God promising that he is with uh, the king of Judah, that he wants, he is with us. And Matthew says, yeah, but what that was really fulfilled when God was really with us in the birth of Christ. Mm-hmm. Now Emmanuel, we have, God with us. That's right. And then we have this last uh, prophecy that actually it's a problem when we get to the New Testament because it gives a specific location from where the ruler of Israel would come from. Mm-hmm. And this is in the prophet Micah chapter 5. Uh, Micah chapter 5, verse 2, But as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, 
From you one will go forth from me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. See, here we have somebody that has been eternal, Mm -hmm. that is about to be born. This is another and final piece of the puzzle. Which, again, that doesn't make sense either. He's eternal. He's always been, and yet he's not yet, because yes. he has not yet been born. Uh, and yeah. so, how do, how do you fit all that together yes. if you don't understand the incarnation beforehand? I mean, we're after the fact, and I'm not sure I fully get it. <laughs> oh, actually, incarnation is quite a mystery to yes. understand how was Jesus fully God and mm-hmm. fully man at the same time. And here we have a, a specific town that is given. I mean, prophecy gives me great trust in a God that has this type of foreknowledge, that he knows ahead of time such details. Mm-hmm. as the town where the Savior will be born. And yet, he, we've got a problem, because Joseph and Mary don't live in Bethlehem where the Savior is to be born. They live in Nazareth. Yes. And so now, how do you get from point A to point B in order that the Savior can be born in Bethlehem? So, we almost have the whole puzzle together with all the other prophecies, and then we encounter this final piece. And Luke chapter 2 will give us the final piece that obviously God knew many, many hundreds of years before of how was it that Joseph and Mary would happen to be in the town of Bethlehem, which was not where their address was. Uh, How is it that they, you know, get to Bethlehem where finally Jesus would be born? And God, as is his uh, power to do, turned to Rome. He said, I'll use Rome to make this happen. Chapter 2, verse 1, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And uh, can I everyone say was on his way to register. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I could stop you. Go okay, ahead. Okay, thanks, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> we are actually going to talk about this story, the day of Christmas, December 25th. Mm-hmm. We're going to spend it on this particular chapter on how all the angels showed up to the shepherds oh, and yes, all of that. Yes. It's a beautiful story that actually gives the, the news of Christmas, the Savior is born. But here we're given the piece of the puzzle how Caesar Augustus will give a census. And Caesar Augustus is believed to have been the best emperor of Rome in the eyes of the people. He, mm-hmm. he was emperor from 31 BC to 14 AD. Jesus is born under Caesar Augustus. Right. He has done great good for the people. He has established peace for Rome. There's a lot of things that have happened and the people actually look up to Caesar Augustus and he says, okay, it's time for us to count. We need a census. Everybody's going to go back to their town. And this was most likely for the purposes of taxation. So he knew exactly who was there and so that they would be able to tax the people appropriately in order to be able to fund this great kingdom of his. Okay, now you want to continue reading? (laughs) Well, (laughs) if you think you'll let me do that. Yes, I will let you do that. Verse 3, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David. So here we have a lot of these other pieces that we've seen before, that this of the Davidic line, mm-hmm. the fact that David was born in Bethlehem, and we are told that in First Samuel 16. Mm-hmm. And so all of it is coming together. And it says here that they lived in Nazareth, but they had to go to Bethlehem because they were of that line. That's right. So that's where they go in order to participate in the census so that uh, Caesar will have an accurate record so he can do the, the taxation appropriately. And in verse 5, it says, uh, in order to register 
along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child, while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And, and mm-hmm. this completion is not simply the nine months of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. It's the days of old. The whole Old Testament at this moment is we're completed. Talking, we're talking about thousands of years of history <laughs> now being completed, thousands of years of prophecy finally being consummated with the birth of this child. Not just the nine months, but thousands of years right to this day. Yes, I, I actually find great comfort in the fact that God's orchestration um, actually works out so perfectly because he's the only one that knew, okay, the rhythm comes in, the keyboards come in, the brass comes in. We couldn't actually even imagine the symphony that he was creating. It was so much more than we could have ever imagined. It is. And even looking back, now that we see these pieces coming together, the Old Testament prophecies, we see, uh, you know, that Rome is now the the major nation, and that's the the Pax Romana, the, the peace of Rome that has been ushered in, the great uh, uh, roads that have been built so that uh, movement is easier. And all of, all of this comes together with the census so that they can be taxed, and that at just the right time <laughs> so that the Savior moves from Nazareth to uh, Bethlehem where he can be born. Can you believe that God knew this hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of years before time? And, you know, I find uh, this prophecy uh, used by Matthew uh, very interesting uh, because when the Magi come to Jerusalem in another story that we will work with on the actual week of Christmas with Mm -hmm. you uh, in Matthew chapter 2, they ask, where is the Savior going to be born? And so uh, the chief priests and the scribes go back to the Bible and they find this prophecy of Micah chapter 5 too. And Matthew actually quotes this prophecy on Matthew chapter 2 verse 6, but he does something very interesting with the prophecy. He does, and you Bethlehem, uh, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. He changes it. Yeah, because the prophecy, if you read it in Mike 5, 2, said too little or or you are the least yeah. on the uh, of the leaders of Judah. But Matthew, when he copies the prophecy, actually does the opposite meaning. He says, by no, by means, no means least. least. Why would he do that? Well, because the Savior has been born there. He cannot longer be one of the least no cities. No longer is this the least. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, in fact, Bethlehem today is a city known throughout the world for because, one fact. Yeah. I mean, why else would you know about Bethlehem, this little backwards village in the middle of no place, and yet everyone knows about Bethlehem because this is where Jesus was born. Yes, as a matter of fact, in this story, in the first verse of this story of Matthew 2, he will call it Bethlehem of Judea. There were Mm -hmm. many other Bethlehems, but Judea was the tribe and the territory of the Davidic kings. So Matthew's trying to say, hey, remember the one that was promised? He's the one, and he's going to be born in the city of David. All the gospel writers get this now. They begin to see how the Old Testament was the the prediction of that which would come, and all things find their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. And so that night in Bethlehem, when Mary gave birth to this child, they say that that was the culmination of all these things coming together. It's been predicted. We've been told we're going to be reconciled to the Father. Mm -hmm. This is where it begins right here. The most significant date at at that point in Earth's history. And the divine orchestration is not just the way that salvation comes around. It's just also the way that God sees the puzzle of your life. I mean, Mm -hmm. sometimes we look at our lives and we say, where do all these pieces fit? But the truth is, during this Christmas season, if you are wondering what's going on in your life, remember this. God is able to do best for all those who love Him, and He orchestrates your life. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook 
at facebook.com forward slash Jesus 101 Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus 101 Media. Until next time, live free.